2: Keep the music flowing we'll be sprinkling in classic episodes from our archives between each new one so check out the story behind the song wherever you get your podcast so you want to be a rock and roll star no well how about a podcast star well as it turns out there's a new all-in-one platform just for you it's called anchor and it's the easiest way to make a podcast and check this out it's free Download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast Stardom is within your reach. Consequence Podcast Network. Welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith With, an audio interview series presented by WFPK Independent Louisville, Consequence of Sound, and the Consequence Podcast Network. Today I'm talking with Joseph Arthur. He's got a brand new band called Arthur Buck. He is the Arthur in it. Who's the Buck? That's Peter Buck of R.E.M. fame. Joe tells me about how the entire project came together and some stories behind a few of the songs on the album, too. We also get to talk a little bit about how he's always been circling around the R.E.M. camp, doing various projects with just about every single member in that band. And there's an update on his next solo record as well. It's Kyle Meredith with Joseph Arthur of Arthur Buck. Uh Hey, man, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm all right. So Arthur Buck, it's the new band. It's the latest time that Joseph Arthur has teamed up with R.E.M., and we'll get to that in a minute, but but first, I'd love to hear the story of how Arthur Buck came about.
1: So well, it started by me going I mean, first of all, I haven't really had a project like this with any other member of REM <laughs> by the way.
2: Well, you know, it's because you played with Mike Mills. He backed you up uh, on the live shows. So I've joked with you that you've slowly tried to piece REM back together.
1: I I wouldn't mind being I wouldn't mind having a hand in that. Maybe that this will result in a, a reunion somehow
2: which would be wonderful
1: for me because I'm a huge fan. And then uh yeah and then Michael covered in the sun my collaboration with him really was seeing a version of in the sun with him. That was for Katrina But yeah, I guess I have a a close connection with R.E.M. In in a way, I mean, for a start, they were one of my favorite bands when I really first discovered songwriting. And my favorite R.E.M. record is Reckoning, I think. That's my personal favorite. That's the one that I really fell in love with. And plus, I kind of started singing songwriting in Atlanta, so in the South. And so they were obviously, I mean, they were big everywhere, but in the south, they were, you know, sort of the favorite sons in a way. So they just they just loomed very large. And then uh, Peter Buck, when I when I started putting out my own records, Peter Buck came. He was the first member I met because he started coming to my shows. He came, when I would play in Seattle. He would show up. He played this little small place called the Baltic Room. And even like as my first record, he was already coming to the shows. And then I ended up opening up for them when they toured around the Sun. Which was in 2004, I think, and that was in Europe. And I did about 12 shows with them in Europe. And Peter would play with me. Then he would come out when I did in the Sun, and he would play like Ebo or something. And then he started doing the Toto Santos Music Festival, which is this festival he does in Mexico to benefit the Palapa Society to like, you know, help schools out and stuff like that, help build the school. So I got to participate in that for like four or five years and doing that for a while. And we always talked about writing together, writing songs together, and just never really did. I mean, I, I had this one song called Where's My Van, when I lost my van one point. <laughs> yeah, and he played on that, <laughs> and, then, uh, and he was in that video. And then we did David Letterman together, when David Letterman announced his retirement, and we did Walk on the Wild Side, Me Mills and Peter did uh, Walk on the Wild Side that that was another event and then i but to get to how this started i randomly was going to mexico just to pick up my dobro and i had no idea that he was there i was in la and i had been there this was like almost a year ago now and i was in la getting ready for this art show i was going to do and i had been recording for my solo stuff and Honestly, it was almost a financial decision, and I was kind of sequestered in L.A. for a while, and I had been staying with a friend for like sort of longer than I already should have, but I needed to hang out in L.A. for a little while longer for this art show. And to ship my Dobro would have probably cost like five, six hundred bucks. But to just get a plane ticket and go to Toto Santos and get it and also maybe just hang out for like a week was like one hundred and seventy bucks. So I was like, OK, I mean, honestly, was like, I was like struggling with money at the time. So I was like, you know, let me just do that. And I told one of my friends in New York that I was going there and she's friends with Peter named Julie Pena Bianco. And she said, oh, my God, Peter's going to be down there. And then I get a text from Peter saying, hey, uh, uh, you know, you're in Toto's. Let's go play a show at the Toto Santos Inn. And I, I came with my Dobros the next day to Peter's place, and I never left. That's it. We started writing songs, and it just kind of flowed. We were both just there. He, He was there down the exact same time as I was. They left the same. I did, basically, I think one day apart. By the time we left Mexico, we had five songs and played this little festival in Mexico in front of like 40 people during the day. And then he met me up in L.A. to do my art opening because uh, they were driving. Him and Chloe were driving. And so they were going to drive through L.A. back to Portland. And um, they met me at the gallery at the opening. And we wrote I Am The Moment in the, at the soundcheck like oh he was playing guitar when i walked in and he was like oh check this out and i started singing i am the moment he started singing waiting for you <laughs> like out of a movie so it was kind of like i don't know it was just we found a flow of writing together that was pretty effortless because it was like he was coming up with the changes and the arrangements and i was just coming up with the top line and it just really worked
0: yeah. and it was
1: kind of easy it still is like we've been in portland writing new songs and it just kind of works it's like it's like he's such a melodic guitar player to write over his changes is really like just kind of really super fun it'd be like if you you compared it to like surf if you were a surfer like finding really easy waves to surf on
2: in a collaboration especially one that involves an album made from scratch uh, neither of you having made demos beforehand specifically for this project uh, maybe you've known peter for decades now but you still have to get really personal with someone to do this uh, i've always considered co-writing like <laughs> like a form of non-sexual sex in
1: a way yeah the, like i think you're like speaking on the fact that there's the vulnerability in it that would be the relationship i think like with like to with sex there's So creativity, there's vulnerability, like you're both like kind of exposing certain aspects of yourself in a way, like just even trying, even if you attempt something, there's a vulnerability there. So it's like, and I guess with somebody, uh, you know, yeah, like with people that are very powerful creatively, like obviously Peter is, it becomes even more daunting, I guess. But but the thing is, is you just sort of, like, let that go. And you just kind of go into it and go for it. And that's what we did. And it was just, uh, I guess it was the right time and the right place.
2: I want to bring up that first song. So, I Am The Moment. It's the first song you all did together. Uh, I know you tend to write in a stream of consciousness occasionally. But the very first line we hear, Becoming free, it's not easy, as I'd like it to be. Uh, It's one of those things, like... Like, that's an entire story in one line. Ooh.
1: Well, yeah, I guess you're right, because that's a lot, you know? Um, I've been going through a heavy-duty transformation over the last, like, couple of years, I guess, or a year and a half or two years. Yeah, like, a lot has gone on in my life that's been quite dramatic and unexpected, and also, like, horrible and wonderful at the same time, you mm-hmm. know? Like... Um, and transformative and dark night of the soul and I don't want to just like rattle off a bunch of cliches to say it but it would require like a you know you know, at least like playboy size interview to really go into it you know? <laughs> right. I don't know why I bring playboy but uh, let's, you know so becoming free is not as easy as I'd like it to be yeah all these eyes that can no longer see in disguise buried into the screens of insignificance it's like You know, talking about phones and in our times and just distraction. And, yeah, and the complications of actually becoming free and how we're sort of enslaved in these times by groupthink, in a way. But I was more thinking more on a personal level, too.
2: We're introduced to the boogeyman in the second single, Are You Electrified? Now, is that the embodiment of someone real or a cultural meme? Well, I would
1: say... You know, these things manifest as people that are real, but they also are sort of symbolic of whatever's going on within you, you know, and cultural and culturally like in in that song, the boogeyman would be like uh, the idea that if you do still have access to your dreams, if you do still have access to your inspiration. There are, you know, interspecies predators that are not happy about that because they've lost access to that. And that's an unfortunate reality that nobody really wants to talk about. And certainly you won't get invited to many parties if you keep bringing <laughs> that shit up, you know? <laughs> so, like, and that, and that's a good segue, I guess, you made because that does go back to the first line. Becoming free is not as easy as I'd like it to be. It's like, you can't just, like, point blank peak on these things, necessarily. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can, but like I said, you're going to find yourself lonely on Friday night, <laughs> <laughs> which I learned the hard way. Right. You know, like. <laughs> So yeah, that song is all about, and then Are You Electrified? It's all about keeping keeping that part of your spirit alive, jumping the turnstile to get into the train that the doors are already open is like the fact that you do have to sometimes commit subversive act to protect your dreams, jumping over a turnstile to take a chance.
2: So interesting how the thread works throughout this record. In a certain sense, you can tell that it was written in like one chunk because there's a mindset. When you have a song like The Wanderer and its themes... And then you get down to the song "Summertime," which, which is a minute long. It's really sparse, and, and the lyrics about holding on. And I feel like all that probably fits into the storyline somehow.
1: Well, that's the last song that we worked on for the rec for this record. Um, I sent Peter like all nine tracks after I had worked on them for like three weeks in Brooklyn, and he was like man this is great let me send you one more so we have a 10 song album and he sent me the and and i was like thinking oh man a whole other song <laughs> and he again was like send it back to me tomorrow and let me see what you get with it i'm like man how why does he think i can write this shit so fast like <laughs> But then when he sent it to me and I listened to it, it was like 30 seconds long. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I sort of smiled because I was like, oh, he kind of tricked me. Like, you, like this is easy. It's like 30 seconds long. I can do this. And I just came up with that. Like, uh, summertime, everyone, uh, uh, like, they're holding on, and yet they're running out of chance. Everyone likes to think they're holding on, yet they're running out of chances. It's like some kind of uh, hiccup from the subconscious, because I. But I guess it does have some kind of implied depth to it. Like everyone likes to think they're holding on, and yet they're running out of chances. I mean, <clears throat> I guess it's nice. It's like it's kind of like this. Uh, get get. You know, it's kind of like to me. I guess it's like a statement that says, like, you know, get on with it. Life is limited. It's like, it's fun to think we're immortal. And I think most of us walk around feeling like that a lot of the time. Like, you you know, but it's not really the case. You know, you have a limited, limited time here, you know.
2: Now, I heard that you all are already writing more songs or or they're already written.
1: I know. It's really, it's really great. The new songs are really real. There's one that reminds me of Touch of Grey that I just love, (laughs) you know the Grateful Dead, you know, right, like, right. I'm like, wow, this sound reminds me of that, like, and there's just a couple more, we wrote another new one uh, yesterday, or two days ago, and it's just like, they just keep coming, and I think we have, like, six new songs now, towards the next record, yeah, and record it, like, record it, like, it's like, so, it's like, really got, the project just has this energy, and it's not like we're really, true. it's not like we're, like, super ambitious and motivated, it's just the same way... I mean I think Peter is really like kind of the engine of that because he just keeps bringing new material and his whole thing is like it's, it's very sort of brass tacks in a way he's like yeah I just don't want to be one of those bands that goes on tour and just plays the album we need to like have at least six new songs to play so we ha- so when we go on tour we have like new songs too and I'm like okay
2: have you entertained the idea of playing any of each other's old material
1: we've talked about it So I think we'll probably end up doing a little of that. But I think maybe mainly that it's going to be about this kind of new project because the project has an energy of like a young... For me, like, too, to go back to like the way we started the interview, too, of just going through like this sort of transformative experience. I really do feel like this is like a first record for me. Like, I just feel like, you know, I, I feel like I hit some kind of reset button and it just i i feel like this project feels like a new band like i don't really feel like it feels like i've done side projects in the past and they have sort of felt more like that even you know they've just felt more like additions to a career or this that the other whereas to me this feels like more just like
2: this is a new start well as a creative person as an artist as a career artist uh, you get years down the line, and it becomes a challenge to connect with someone else in the way that you would have in your youth, you know, when it was all fresh and you were just starting a band, which is what I'm getting from you on this.
1: Yeah, well, that's what happened. I mean, it really was like that. Like, it really re- it remains like that when we write together. It's just, it's kind of got some sort of naive naive energy to it that's, yeah. like, really interesting because, obviously, both of us have been doing it quite a while I mean him longer than me obviously but you know I've been doing it a long time too so it's it's
2: fun and on the other side knowing you how I do I'm guessing that you're probably already working on a new solo record too
1: I mean I have been I was before this project actually this project sort of sidelines that mm-hmm. because I was deep in that process and and so but I mean it's been five years since I put out a solo record I think I mean the family was the last solo record I put out and that was quite a while ago I don't know how long ago now
2: but well dude this is so good I'm so happy for you congrats on this. You know, uh, we're friends, but I'm such a big fan, and I'm always so happy to hear stuff like this from you. Uh, This is really an exciting album. Thanks, Kyle. I love talking to you, buddy. Uh, I'll talk to you soon.
1: I'll talk to you soon, Kyle. Thank you so much.
2: All right, bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thanks so much to Joseph Arthur for giving me the call, the debut record from Arthur Buck, self-titled. Hey, don't forget, you can subscribe to Consequence of Sounds at YouTube channel to keep up with your favorite artists and interviews. If you're checking out the podcast version, uh, please do head over to iTunes or Podchaser. Uh, give us a great rating uh, and a review. We've got time for that, too. Uh, while you're on the Internet, WFPK.org. That's where I do a show every Monday through Thursday from noon to 3 Eastern. You hear lots of artists like uh, Arthur Buck right here. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time.